Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. It's week 15. It's the regional championship round, and we've got two surviving teams in the South Plains area on kind of different spectrums. At the 5A level, you've got Coronado going up against Denton Ryan, and then at the 1A Division I level, we've got Borden County versus Happy, and you'll hear from Borden County coach Trey Ritchie later in the program. Uh, Brian, there are no bad games at this point of the season. No, we're sitting in week 15, I believe, and uh, like you said, no weak teams. Everybody's been pretty much weeded out. You know, Monterey's season came to an end. Still a good team, but their season came to an end last week. But they put up some impressive numbers, I think, against a good Denton Ryan team that now Coronado is going to have to go up against. Yeah, they did. Monterey fell, I believe, 49-28. Heard uh, it, w- it wasn't that close. Both teams turned to backups, and, and Monterey's performed a little bit better. But still a good team uh, going up against a, a great Denton Ryan team, and that's uh, Coronado's challenge this week. You've got these two teams meeting at 2 p.m. Saturday at Abilene Christian University's Wildcat Stadium, which I'm sure the Plainsmen are jealous of because they had to travel to Denton Ryan's home stadium for after losing a um, home-or-home coin flip last week. Um, and lots of talent on the Stanton Ryan team. You've got quarterback Spencer Sanders. He's six foot two, 190 pounds. He's an Oklahoma State commitment. Turned down Texas Tech for uh, the opportunity at Oklahoma State. Now they have Gabriel Douglas, who is a uh, Texas Tech receiver commitment. He's got 1,257 yards on 82 catches with 42 touchdowns. So kind of that's their MO, their, their pass first team. Uh, they rely on speed. Uh, they rely on takeaways. Normally, Coronado has an enormous uh, differential in, in turnovers compared to its opponents, but uh, Denton Ryan's only four behind them. I believe it's 32 to 28 right now uh, between the two teams. Coronado's got the 32 takeaways, so not a whole lot of separation. Uh, and uh, Coronado, obviously, venturing into uncharted territory, never has been this far in the postseason before. Yeah, uh, Coronado started off its season. Uh, really well and we, we we kind of anticipate them being here at this point uh, last week was a really impressive performance from the Mustangs uh, they put up some some gaudy numbers against a good Hollyville Heritage team I think all eyes were pointed at that game as soon as they, they started creeping towards that 80 mark I know for sure everybody in the press box out in uh, uh, out Lowry were we're trying to confirm if that score was correct. <laughs> yeah. It was a little surprising. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was. we were counting and counting and counting. And really, we didn't even have time to talk. I mean, like just the, the numbers were, were stacking up so quickly. I mean, that, that was a conventionally played game through a half. I mean, 29-24 Heritage. And then Coronado just outscored Heritage 35-12 to in, in the, the uh, third quarter. And, and the game kind of lost its bearings at that point. It just became an offensive shootout. Um one thing you'd like to see from from Coronado this week is not getting up to the horrendous start they did against Heritage. Heritage had a 14-0 lead after four offensive snaps, and um, I don't know if you can survive that against Denton Ryan in their set of receivers. Uh, and you know that they're going to be trying to take the the top off the defense from the beginning, seeing how much success Heritage had early in the game. Because really, it wasn't so much that that Coronado locked it down; it's just that. Um, high school quarterbacks can be inconsistent. They can be red hot, and then they can be ice cold, and that's kind of what happened to the the Heritage quarterback. Start off red hot, misfired a couple of times, and, and then they just could not find that that top gear in their passing game uh, for for a significant amount of the game. From what I could see, um, you, you know, at least you know, I was a, of course in my own game. 
But, uh, you know, at, at least from what I noticed is there might have been a few key turnovers, you know, a fumble and an interception that really fed into that third quarter, you know, standout performance. But I, I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I mean, it was – it was a lot of the incomplete passing. It was a lot of the pressure that uh, Coronado was able to put on him because what happened was uh, Heritage came out, punted, Coronado scored. Heritage went three and out again, punted, Coronado scored. And that's really where the, the separation came. But then the, the, you're right, the turnovers came late. Um, Charlie Robinson, a freshman linebacker, got a scoop and score, 34-yard touchdown in, in the fourth quarter. Also had a big pass breakup earlier in the game, which uh, forced Heritage into a field goal and did not allow them to take a full touchdown lead to the locker room at the break. Yeah, good performance from Coronado all around, I think. Um, I think it's going to feed into what they're going to be able to do this week because now they really made a statement. Anywhere you went on Twitter that day, um, they were saying it, you know. Uh, Coronado made a statement in going out there and being able to get that win, and now bigger things are going to be expected from the Mustangs. Right, no doubt about it. This is the farthest Coronado's gone in school history. It's the farthest the Lubbock ISD team has gone since the 1992 season. That was 25 years ago. Uh, Estacado was the last team to, to reach this round, and, and they ended up advancing to the state championship game uh, before losing to Bay City. And Coronado. I mean, what can you say? This this is a well-built team. I think they're, they're just going to have to weather the storm a little bit with, with Denton Ryan, who um, is going to look at the Heritage film, see that Heritage got some go routes to go early in the game, and will be trying to uh, recreate that kind of magic. Yeah, the good thing is they're going to get a pretty good scouting report after, you know, Monterey faced face them this last week. So Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. We're gonna, th- we record this on uh, Wednesday morning, and it, and it goes out. Uh, before our Facebook live show in, in the evening. And uh, we're going to go talk to the coaches on um, on Thursday, the Lubbock ISD coaches lunch in. And uh, the, the coaches that have been eliminated from the, the playoffs kind of give like a State of the Union speech about, you know, the season and, and what's next for them. And I'm really interested to ask Wayne Hutchinson how much Monterey will be able to assist Coronado. Because you know that Lubbock ISD teams pull for each other when they're done. And uh, – you know, I, I think I think that uh, Monterey is pretty mad that they couldn't get Denton Ryan to agree to a neutral site location. They wanted a neutral site. They wanted to play in Abilene. Uh, that could have been a double header. In fact, um, there there were, there was a chance, there was an opportunity for that. But Denton Ryan wanted to flip Homer home, and I know that uh, Monterey wasn't very happy about that, especially when they lost the Homer home and had to go to Denton. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be too happy with that either. Uh, it, it's. It's an unfortunate, but on the other end of the spectrum, I think does Monterey get to host them now if they make it to the playoffs again in the next year or so? I think I think that that would be the case. We've seen that precedent uh, a couple of times this season, uh, like the reason that uh, Dumas came down to Lubbock Cooper, uh, the reason that Monterey and, and Coronado went up to, to Amarillo. Uh, so I think it depends. I, th- I think it's what you agreed to at the moment. Uh, but that that could happen, and uh, probably, pro- I mean, there's a high probability it will because it looks like all these teams are going to remain 5A Division One teams once the 5A splits up into Division One and Division Two for the full season instead of just for the playoffs. Yeah, kind of focusing uh, on the game, you know, Coronado. Man, Quayguay had a really good week last year, or last good game last week, rather. <laughs> Absolutely, he's uh, he's in the running right now for Dave Campbell's uh, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week award. Uh, you can go uh, vote for him by going to texasfootball.com/backslash/player of the week. 
uh, threw for 449 yards, uh, passed for six touchdowns, and uh, ran for another 74 yards. And it was nice to see that because no one thinks of, uh, of Gray as a, a runner, and he did a good job, and he did it in front of a, at least one college scout. I know that Tyler Junior College was there. Uh, you know that he's got a good relationship with, with Navarro because Seth, Seth Parr's brother Scott Parr works for the Navarro staff and those were his two offers to date and and here we here we go you know he's going to go face Spencer Sanders uh, an Oklahoma State quarterback uh, who was in route to guiding Denton Ryan probably to a state championship uh, appearance last season got hurt in the state semifinal game against Dallas Highland Park uh, the backup got hurt later in the game and it really crippled Denton Ryan Highland Park ends up winning the state championship by the way they're alive uh, Highland Park is, and they're going to be playing Mansfield Lake Ridge. That is who the winner of Denton Ryan and Coronado will play. And they've already got a time and venue set up for that one. And this is interesting. It's the 9 p.m. game on Friday uh, of next week at AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. So that's going to be interesting and, and challenging uh, for, for, I think, everyone involved. You know, you got to, especially from Lubbock, you got to drive in, probably uh, front the money for a, a hotel room for us, you know, trying to, to get that story in the paper. But it should be a good experience for, for the winning team. Playing an AT&T Stadium special, and it's awesome if you get to do it twice instead of once because the state championships would be right back there a week from that day. Yeah, I got to get out there and cover a game last year, and I'll tell you, it's a different experience. It's a different venue. It really hits you as soon as you're there <laughs> and you're on the field. It's just a different atmosphere, and it's a lot of fun. I think with that 9 p.m. kickoff, uh, the coaches just collectively got together and decided, well, let's let's make sure the newspapers don't make deadline. Let's have a little <laughs> fun with this. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of um, winning and, and advancing to Cowboy Stadium, You've got Borden County, which is trying to do that for the second consecutive year. Uh, but standing in the way, probably the other best team in the playoff bracket. I mean, you can make an argument that this game is is the real state championship game. It's unbeaten Borden County 13-0 versus Happy, the Happy Cowboys, which are 13-0. This game will be going down at 4 p.m. Saturday at Lobo's – or, sorry, Level Ends Lobo Stadium. And, man, is it a good game. I agree. I saw it last year. Uh, you know, Borden County was able to get away with, you know, a huge win over Happy in this one, which kind of entailed that they were going to go on and win that state championship. But, you know, uh, we spoke with Coach Richie, and he's got a full scouting report on uh, Happy and was happy enough to share that with us. All right, we've got Trey Ritchie on the line, head coach of Borden County. And, and Coach, you know, you're, you're back again. Uh, and I was wondering, what is the attitude around this team, but maybe more importantly, um, around the community? Oh, I, you know, again, it's, it, it's just really exciting. You know, anytime you can, you know, play December football, play when the grass is dead, you know, that's always one of those goals when you were coaching, when you were a little kid. You know, growing up, you know, you, you wanted to play December football. You wanted to play when the grass is dead. And, of course, nowadays there's so much turf. Um, you still get to play on some green fields. Right. But, um, you know, it, it's just amazing. It, it makes the school year go by so fast. Yeah, I can't hardly believe it. You know, we're only a couple, two or three weeks away from being out for Christmas. You know, when, when, when you have a season like this, <clears throat> you know, it just – it seems to make everything in the community, makes everything in the school, you know, just makes everything about that first semester just so much better. So you guys have Happy at 4 p.m. Saturday in Leveland. Uh, what's kind of the scouting report on them? What do you expect to see from them? 
Oh, they're they're tremendously talented. You know, very explosive. Uh, you know, and they only graduated one kid from last year's team that was, you know, one of those teams that that had kind of run through their schedule just like they have this year and just worn everybody out. And, and really, the one kid that 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 they lost, they simply uh, moved their quarterback last year because they're the guy that's playing quarterback now tore his ACL first rattle out of the box, and so he missed last year, and so. The guy they had penciled in at quarterback is actually the guy this year, and the one that had to replace him is is in the backfield taking over for the young man that they graduated. So, really, it's basically the same football team it was last year, just a year older. And and, and you know they're physical, they're 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 quick, they're fast. You know they they get after you. They they have the the ability to to manhandle you with their strength, and then they have the ability to get by you with their speed. You know they've got two receivers that are really three receivers that are all six three or, or taller and so you know they can just pitch it up to them and and let those guys make plays you know and then you've got the kid that's the the, the mccarley kid that's just phenomenally quick it's got great speed and then they you know counter that with a, a, a kind of another back that's got good speed but a little more of a physical player a physical runner not not going to juke you out as much but he sees the field well, can cut, and, and, and runs hard, you know. So offensively, they're so stinking explosive. And then defensively, I know they've given up points, but, you know, part of that is, you know, they play man-to-man, and if they give up a touchdown, it's okay because they know two or three plays later they may, you know, they're going to get it right back, and so they just keep putting pressure on you. So, you know, they, they don't mind a shootout. And, and you know, for us, we don't really necessarily want to shoot out because they don't know if that – you know bodes well for us but but it you know very very good football team uh you know been number one most of the year and in my opinion i think you know they should have i don't i don't know why they should have lost uh that number one ranking they should have stayed there and i'd have been good with that but um you know very very good football team well coached coach ty keith does a tremendous job with them you, you kind of touched on it not wanting to play um you know a, a shootout kind of game with them and, and you've got a defense that hasn't allowed a point since mid-October. And I was wondering if you could talk about that defense and, and also, of course, when, when you're shutting people out, um, you know, they become susceptible to the run rule. And uh, you, you've, um, you've uh, you know, blanked a lot of teams this year. You know, you feel like your conditioning is good enough to um, to compete in a, in a full game if that's what happens against Happy? <laughs> it's funny you just said that because uh, <clears throat> that was something that, that kind of got us in a bind last week. You know, we played uh, – Garden City, uh, again, another really good football team, another well-coached football team that, um, you know, had a strategy to, to try to, you know, snap the ball with as little time on the play, cock, play clock as possible. And, and uh, you know, they they really grounded out and, and managed to get some first downs and could, so it kind of extended the game. So we saw we, we played virtually an entire game Friday against them and we had two or three boys that, that cramped up a little bit. And, you know, that was my fear is that when we finally see one of those, we, you know, really the other 12 games, one of them went one series into the second half. The other 11 games were over at halftime. So, obviously, that's been a concern. You know, I, I found out I thought I was doing a good job of conditioning the kids. And, uh, you know, sure as you start thinking you're doing something right you kind of get slapped in the face and that's when we saw you know two or three kids cramp friday so yeah it's a concern you know it 
if the game ends early, it's probably not in our favor. So we know it's probably going to, you know, we're hoping to go four quarters with them. And, you know, the conditioning part is, is going to be huge. You know, it, it was nice to see us show some depth Friday. Um, but there's some kids that just can't leave the field. And, and um, you know, so we got to do some things throughout the course of the game. I've got to do some things offensively because, you know, I can probably sub a little bit more on that side and and not lose the complexion of what we have on the field and so uh with you saying that about the defense the defense has been phenomenal man they they have they fly around to the football you know their coaches on the field they they study the game and that's their strength you know i don't think we're as athletic as we were last year uh but i think we've got a group that really uh understands the game uh students of the game so they you know, they watch a lot of video. They understand, you know, it's real easy to coach them up. And, and you know, they have to kind of find other ways because I don't think we're as fast as we were last year. I, w- I really wouldn't say we're as athletic as we were last year. So they've got to compensate by doing something else, you know, find their strength. And their strength is they watch video. They understand. They you know, they're, you know, like I said, they're coaches on the field. They can make adjustments themselves. You know, it's one of those deals, fool me once, shame on me, you know, and all that kind of deal. You know, they, they, they usually pick things up pretty fast. And so that's been their strength. And that's allowed them to, to really have a phenomenal football season on, on the defensive side. And, you know, it, we said it, and I told some folks first, first week of the football season and, and I thought it was the biggest difference for us two years ago to last year was you know I I, I love defense and I, I truly believe defense wins you championships so you know that's that's kind of been you know I put the pressure on coach Edwards and told him you know our our success this year will be how well our defense does and it's been it to me it's been the strength that's been the you know the stability of this football team you guys are no stranger to, to this round of the playoffs. You know, as a coaching staff, um, it, does it bode well for you guys to just have that experience and know what it needs to go into, you know, practice every week to be successful at this time of the year? I, I think you you lean on past experiences, you know, and a lot of these kids have, have been a part of that. You know, the the stigma against these, these guys, the thing that they've been trying to, you know, overcome and and try to get folks to to kind of not just view them as basketball players but you know our kids this group's got several boys that were you know on the basketball team that went to the state tournament so they played in some big games on the basketball court you know a lot of these guys had to step up last year they might not have been the starters but um you know when we had all the injuries last year there's about three or four of them you know, that played in some huge games, played big minutes. So they've played in big games themselves. And so uh, some of them played on the baseball field of the team that, you know, that, that went to state and baseball. And, and there's some guys that were on, you know, one of them ran on the relay. A couple of them were alternates on the relay that, that know what the hard work is to pay off to get, you know, to have the success in the end. And so uh, you lean on that as a coach on, on the kids that have that experience. But we also lean on our past experience as well. So I I think it helps, but with all that being said, you know, happy's been in this ground round, you know, last year, you know, we've met them a couple of times. Um, They've been to the state basketball tournament a couple of times. 
you know, with some guys that are on the, the football field. And I know we're talking about basketball and football, but to me, success breeds success and winners know how to win. And, and so that's what makes them scary as well is because they've been successful in their own right, whether it be an, a different athletic sport or whether it be academics, you know, happy knows how to win too. And so that kind of makes this even more unique because it, to me it's two programs that, that have been very successful not only athletically but academically and, and, and they understand what winning's all about. And, you know, I think that bleeds into your community as well, which will, you know, there'll be a ton of people there because they believe in their team. They believe in their kids. And and so, you know, I, I yeah, to answer your original question, I think, yes, sir, I think we got to lean on some of our ex- past experiences, but we're going to use our kids previous experiences in big games whether it be on the court or on the diamond or on the football field well he's coach trey ritchie from from Borden county coach thank you so much for your time you know we're really excited for this game seeing more than one tweet that that says this game should be televised for the state to see (laughs) it it, it should be a really good one uh we wish you the best of luck and uh, we will be talking to you again on saturday i appreciate you guys and we could use all the luck we can get thank you bud yeah, that's going to be a really exciting game. I know that you're fired up to be out at that one. It uh, should be high scoring. Uh, Borden County won this game against Happy last year, 92-58. to 58. A lot of really good players on this team, and I think you've got a scouting report on them, having seen them uh, a couple of times, uh, whether it was practice or, or last year's state championship game. What's fun about Borden County is uh, they bring something to the six-man level that you kind of don't expect just because, you know, it's kind of a smaller ball, but they're very multiple on offense. Not only can they run the ball effectively, but they can throw it downfield if need be. They're just very athletic. You know, Coach uh, Richie mentioned they may not be as athletic athletic as last year, but what this team is bought into is uh, whatever needs to get done, they do. And uh, that's a great quality to have on any football team. And I think they'll be ready heading into this one with Happy. There's a little bit of uh, history between the two. You know, Happy, as Richie was mentioning, brings back more players from last year. But Borden County, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, they only returned, I believe, one starter off of that team that won the state championship, and they graduated a huge senior class. So there may have been a question as to how strong they're going to be. But at this point in the game, I don't think there's any more question. Uh, they're, They're the real deal. Kind of a fun fact about Borden County, and I don't think a lot of people notice this because football's set up in, in different sports where, you know, you don't travel to a state setting for the semifinal round. You just pick a neutral site. But this would be Borden County's fourth consecutive um, state appearance in a, in a boys' team sport dating back to last season. I mean, they, they went to the state semifinals and then subsequently won the state championship of football. They went to the basketball state semifinals and, and the baseball state semifinals. And... In, in those settings um and then here they are again i mean this is a program that knows how to win across the board uh obviously at a 1a level a lot of the players carry over to to the uh, other sports but uh like we were talking to you know to coach richie about like they they definitely have um a little bit of a comfort level with, with being on this kind of stage yeah uh, he and he mentioned it you know having that experience in the other sports uh Success builds on success. That's something I've heard uh, come out of Borden County for a couple years now. Um, and all, the, all that team, all those players that have been on the big level know what to expect. And there were some kids, you know, that were there at AT&T Stadium last year who helped contribute. Um, this year, you know, there's 
the players are there. You know, the, the, they've been performing well. Uh, Nick Prohl, hopefully I'm saying that right, uh, up for Athlete of the Week after standout performances last week. And uh, Trey Ritchie, another big one for him. Um, but, you know, you can't just single one player out on this team. Each kid has big-time play, player playmaking abilities. So uh, it's going to be a good game. Uh, as far as Happy goes, like he had mentioned, they bring back a lot of players. And then the winner of this game will play either Jonesboro or Tioga in the Division One championship game, which will be at 11 a.m. on Wednesday, December 20th. So there's a layover week. Uh, the, the, obviously, this is the state semifinals versus – Uh, 11-man football being in its regional championship round. Um, And that'll be interesting, the the one-week layover. But everyone's got to do it. Uh, Borden County did it last year. And uh, funny, it's just funny that three out of the four uh, six-man teams in in the Division I bracket are state semifinals from a year ago. you got Borden County, Happy, Jonesboro, and then Tioga is the, uh, the newcomer into this mix. Also interesting that all these teams are pretty much west of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, at least three of them, uh, and then Tioga is kind of up around the Sherman area. Yeah, um, having these teams back again this year, probably not a big surprise to a lot of people considering how well they've performed in the last couple of years. Uh, I expected Borden County to be at this point, you know, at this time of year. And with all that said, that's going to do it for uh, this edition of the Lone Star Varsity podcast. We'll be back on... Uh, around the 7 o'clock hour with our Facebook Live show. And all you have to do to see that is go to our Facebook page, which is called Lone Star Varsity. Um, Really appreciate you guys listening in. I want to thank our sponsor, the University Medical Center. And we've got to thank AJ Media for for putting this out there for us. Can't wait to see you guys on the live show. Can't wait to get to these two fantastic games this weekend. We're going to have a lot of good content later in the week uh, regarding both these teams, Coronado and Borden County. And I can't wait to present that to you. So thank you very much, and we'll talk to you later.